Welcome to the session, a basketball podcast. I'm your co-host Ben, and I'm joined by this is Omar. What's going on, baby? We said we continue, and here we are continuing with our podcast. Why does every episode have us like apologizing and trying to say that we're gonna continue and <laughs> then we just don't? Why don't we just talk? You know, <laughs> you're right. I have very exciting news, actually, if I may say so myself. Okay, what is it? Well, tomorrow, um, I'm actually going to be going to Winnipeg. (laughs) (laughs) I'm head out. Yeah, I'm going to Winnipeg. Um, It's basically no, no. I'm not going to let you get away with that. What? I'm not going to let you hype up exciting news just to say that you're going to Winnipeg. What's wrong with Winnipeg? Hey, yo, this man's going to Manitoba. I'm (laughs) going. Okay, listen, Winnipeg, first of all, is actually really cool. It has, like, a bunch of flat roads and, you know, like, nature, and it has snow. I bet you haven't seen that before. Man, you just described, like, 98% of Canada. But anyways, before I was so rudely interrupted, this was, I think this is an amazing thing to see, man. Like, Winnipeg, you know, you just get to, I'm kidding, I'm dreading it. Uh, I don't want to... <laughs> The reason why we're going is because it's kind of like this family road trip thing that we're doing. Um, my mom had actually left on Thursday. She went to Calgary. Okay. And uh, basically, I'm going to be taking my brother's old car, and that car will now be mine. So they're going to be driving it all the way from Calgary to Toronto. And uh, my dad and I are going to be joining them in Winnipeg on Sunday. Okay. Uh, because we have a cousin there. Okay. So we're just kind of like visiting family and all that. And then we're going to go through... Milwaukee, we have a hotel night there. Oh, okay, that's cool. Uh, and then we're going to go to Chicago. We're going to stay there for a night. Apparently, that's where you were from, so whatever. East Chicago, Indiana. East Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to go there for a night, and uh, I'm, I'm stoked, man. Like, okay, beyond, this, this became a lot better. Yeah, beyond yeah. Winnipeg. Um, it's just it's just the idea of a road trip. I love road trips, man. Yeah. Just, you know, just to get that, just to get that point across, man. I love road trips. Same, same here. Um, the most serious one that I did from from my memory, um, of course, we've gone to like Montreal and like Bon Echo, but I don't really know if those are like, I'm talking like days, like you mm, have to stay a yeah. day somewhere and then you continue on the road to get to your final destination. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Uh, the last time we did that was back in 09 when I went to Kansas City. Um, and that was super cool. Like we stayed over at our cousin's uh, motel. Like he, like he, he owns a motel. So we were there. Uh, for a little Did bit, he as charge well. you too? Yeah, it was actually like <laughs> much more than the average rate as well. It's like one twenty a night, and he's like, "Yeah, guys, yeah, two hundred, <laughs> two hundred. Uh, no, but it was it, it was super cool. Um, but yeah, besides the mileage that this car is gonna get hit with, I'm super excited to get a new car as well. So yeah, no, this that's is gonna be this awesome. Is, this is it's big, like a milestone yeah. thing, right? I mean, it's it's expensive, and uh, it's it's definitely gonna be like one of those things. But at the same time, it's like my own car. I can't wait to post a photo uh, every other day with uh hashtags blessed and and hashtag uh lucky to be here well you need a name for your car so have you have you thought of a name well i had my bike rusty remember rusty i remember rusty um but i feel like here's the thing omar i don't know how this car looks which is bad because it's my brother's car (laughs) but i for some reason have no idea what it looks i know it's a honda civic okay so i'm definitely keeping the brown stereotype alive but uh for sure i don't know exactly what color it is so it's gonna be a surprise to me i feel like when i see it yeah. Um. On Sunday, um. I'll, I'll I'll keep you updated with what name I think. I'm not sure if it's a female or a male yet. So yeah, 
I'll figure that along as we. Well, you're, you're joining the club. I'm 24 and I've driven three Honda Civics, like two of which were mine. So. Mosh still, brother. There we go. Well, you know, that's that's interesting. It's a lot better than I'd say in the winter driving through Ontario on your way back. I think mm. going south is a lot better because you, you have a lot more to see because I think that it's going to take you like two and a half days to get through Ontario anyways from from, yeah. from Winnipeg. And it's like in the winter, there's not much to do. I think in the summer, that's a nice drive. What's it called? The Trans-Canada Highway or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I think in the summer, that's a pretty nice drive. But in the winter, you're much better off like going through the cities, Milwaukee, going through Chicago and things like that. The reason why I'm going to Milwaukee is actually because I'm going to be recruiting Giannis. Um, so Majai... 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 <laughs> Majai actually, Usiri. Majai, Majai is actually the Assassin's Creed character. Sorry. Sorry, though. Um, but Sai... Majai. That's so funny. Well, he's never coming on the bot. Bot? <laughs> You're, we are the most professional podcasters Yo, ever. Okay, so quick aside, we're terrible human beings and yeah. terrible friends. Yes, because we're 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 straight like vultures. <laughs> if anyone makes a mistake in our group, like if it's a typo or if it's like in person, someone misspeaks, says the wrong thing, everyone would just jump on it and attack that person. I remember, remember Wasi when we're having the conversation of uh, the goat. Yeah, we're talking about the go MJ versus Kobe versus LeBron. This was like two months ago, and Wasi was on my side. We, half the room was uh, MJ slash Kobe, and the other half was uh, LeBron. And we're having this discussion, and then Wasi tries jumping in to defend LeBron, and he misspeaks. <laughs> he stutters. Oh god! And the entire room just stops. His own friends turn to him and just roast the hell out of him. No, it's it's one thing to roast. Wasi was he's he says <laughs> he did some of that and then you guys were just like you turned around with this disgusted look I remember this so vividly and you're just like Wasi shut the hell up. <laughs> oh my god he's on your side he's on your team why are you being so angry Yo, we, let this we, man breathe we went in on the guy for stuttering this poor guy this poor oh, guy all right back to the road trips yeah so you didn't ask but I love road trips too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think the biggest road trip I did was in the summer of 2018, where uh, myself and friends of the pod, Zubair, Moroz, Cappy, and uh, Robin, we went uh, on an Eastern Canada road trip. So we drove from Toronto all the way to like Prince Edward Island with a bunch of stops along the way and back. So that ended up being like 5,000 kilometers round trip over like nine days i think it was or eight days or something like that and so it was a lot of driving and a lot of days but loved it my best vacation trip that i've ever had the thing, thing the thing with road trips is if you're going with your buddies like you need to make sure that whoever shotgun yeah um isn't zubair yes that that right there is the most important thing so zubair this, so again, it was a Honda Civic, of course, that we were driving in, and the back seats aren't the most comfortable in that. So Zubair decided that he wants shotgun. So this guy brought his DSLR camera along, uh-huh. and he said, "Guys, you can't make me sit in the back because who's gonna get pictures while we're driving? Mm-hmm. I need to be in the front." So we're, it seemed reasonable enough, but 
what we realized was at the end of the road trip, we had 5,000 pictures of just water <laughs> while we're driving. And, and, I, and I don't mean like of the horizon where you can see like the sky and you can see some maybe some nature and some and some water. Like this man zoomed into like the the St. Lawrence River. This man zoomed just into the blue, Atlantic Ocean. Just blue it's just blue. We don't know what we're looking at. And we had 5,000 pictures of that. So we're like, you know what? Thanks, Super. Thanks for hogging shotgun the I guess time. I guess what I also meant by that is I think what really makes a good road trip is music because yeah especially when you're driving um, I've been a part of long trips but not necessarily road trips where you like stay the day and you continue driving so you know much more than I do uh, but even with long trips if the person is playing trash music yeah uh, I will stop and I will kick them out and I will continue playing my own playlist yeah. Because especially with road trips like that or like longer trips, you need to make sure that you fit the mood. Because you remember in Bon Echo, when it was nighttime, like you don't play gangbanger yep. ass, like, yep. you know, crazy, like Travis Scott or Pop Smoke type music. Yeah. You're playing like mellowed out, some cool stuff because, you know, like it depends on how you're feeling, how everybody's feeling. Yep. You need to be the DJ. It's a very important task. So, so Zubair is um, like, bless his soul. This guy cannot fit music to mood. Like the only okay, I'll grant him this. He can fit music to mood when we're in his basement uh, with the shisha and he's playing Marvin's room and he and he dims the lights down. He can fit the <laughs> mute, mood there. But when we're driving through, like like you said, it's getting late. You know, we we had, we're almost we're like three hours away. We're gonna drive through the through the night now, and we want some nice chilled music. Zubair will be like, all right, Jesus, track one. And then, like, he'll just... Hey, didn't y'all say that he uh, he basically played all of Kanye's music oh. in alphabetical order? <laughs> no, no, his entire discography. He started from College Dropout, and he played every single song. So anytime we'd get a what break the from... was that? Mr. West? <laughs> anytime we'd get a break from this man's music, it was just, like, this amazing reprieve. Where we're like, okay, finally. Like, Morose, Morose can set the, set the mood. He This man was playing... Do you remember Michael Mitchell? This land is your yeah, land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Land. Oh, that's, so, dude, that's gravy. Th- that was perfect. We're driving through like these fjords pretty much along the St. Lawrence. And then Morose is playing like Michael Mitchell. And we're just in awe. And then Zubair gets the ox. And, and, he, and he's like, all right, call a dropout. Here we go. Well, time to play the skits. Time to play school spirit. Yeah, this, man, one. this man wouldn't let us skip the skits. Wow. He wouldn't let us skip the skits. Yeah, I don't know. With uh, I mean, road trips in general are super fun. But you need to make sure that... You know, yeah, like I mean, in Iceland as well. Like uh, when I had gone, like music was super important. Depending, and also, are you a snacker when you um, uh, when you when you're road tripping, or do you want to get to a certain point? Like you make stops along the way, but for the most part, you just want to get to point point B. So our East Coast trip was it's probably not a good example because we actually did need to get to all of our points. Like we had 10, 11 hours of driving a day, kind of thing. Yeah. So we didn't have much time to stop. So. We, I mean, we only stopped for gas and like food when we absolutely needed it. And we were also eating really poor. Like I would have my breakfast would be an egg McMuffin. My, my lunch would be an egg and cheese from Tim Hortons. And my dinner would be like another egg McMuffin from, from like, I don't know why we didn't spend like an extra $10 a day on food, but we ate really like minimal. Did you guys spend more money on like attractions and like other things or was it just more so like Like I think it was just a cheap trip overall. Like we yeah. didn't spend money on anything. <laughs> like like legitimately just gas, egg McMuffins and we ended up back here. That's why when we did the split at the end we're like 
wait, like we were gone for like almost two weeks and this wasn't even that bad. What the hell? That sounds like my mom's dream. That sounds like an immigrant parent's dream right there. I don't know why we were so cheap about it, but uh, I think I think I am a snacker when I'm kind of like, you know, on my own. If, I, if I'm like, I know it's not a road trip, but like when I'm going on like a longer drive, like to Waterloo or something like yeah. that, I try to make sure I have something like at least something to drink and something to yeah, snack on while I drive. Yeah, your something to drink is like a whole Big Mac and like uh, fries <laughs> with gravy. <laughs> Uh, that's your that's your way of snacking, right? <laughs> you do the thumb drive because your fingers are so greasy with all that with all that oil. You know what? I'd be lying if I said as I'm leaving Waterloo to come back, I haven't swung by Popeyes. You know, you know when you're driving to the highway, or you're about to hit 85, and yeah, and yeah. you stop at that Popeyes, and then I'm like, all right, let me get five tenders with oh two dipping God. sauce, and then you hit that while you're driving on the road back. Of all the places you've been to within the East Coast, um, like tell us more about that. Like, what did you enjoy the most? Which place did you like or yeah. what wasn't worth it? I know you have some stories there. So so it was a it was a great trip. It was my first time going that far east. I don't think I'd been past Montreal. And I had never seen an ocean before. So that was like the, the whole point of the trip was just like, I've never seen an ocean before. So I'm like, Yo, who wants to come? Like, this is going to be fun. So driving along the St. Lawrence was is great because once you get past like uh, Quebec City, it's like... You're right along the river and, and the land goes in and out, in and out of the river. And they're, the best way to describe it is like these fjords. Imagine like Norway, except like a little less impressive. And you're driving through these like small fishing villages and like towns and things like that. And it's like you're kind of just in awe. We just pulled over to the side of the road and we're like, this is amazing. Like this land is your land. This <laughs> land is my <laughs> land. From <laughs> Sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. So that was a great point and then we there's a point where if you keep driving along uh the southern uh rim of the uh st lawrence into quebec you go to a point called gaspy where it's the mouth of the st lawrence opens up to the atlantic and that is like it was it was a nice town and it's like the views because it's kind of like raised up and you can see the water and you can see everything there it was like a great place to be i i only wish that we had more time to hit up like more national parks and and things like that but some of those views but my favorite overall had to be in northern nova scotia there's uh cape breton island which is and there's a there's a loop that goes around it a car trail like sorry uh a highway that you drive around it's called uh, cape breton trail it's about a four-hour loop all the way around the island and we were kind of cutting it close with a ferry that we needed to make to get onto pei later that day so we're and there was a bit of traffic so we're thinking should we do it should we leave halfway but we decided to stick stick to it we're like let's do this trail whatever we'll figure out how to get onto pei later we did that trail and that was amazing that's some of the greatest views that i've ever seen and i i can't wait to go back like it was the weather was perfect. It was it was sunny, but it, you also had clouds in the sky, and it was it was like a, it was still like a nice clear day. And and you you're driving along these like rolling hills, and you're right on the edge of the ocean, and you see it all, and it was amazing. I think Canada has a lot of like underrated um, spots in terms of like viewpoints, and just generally like we're so caught up with Toronto and like Montreal and the city that yeah. like. Uh, well, I know you recently came from Calgary as well. You spent uh, a week there yeah. right, for work. Yeah. Uh, even Calgary, like I've talked about it before, but that's what really hit me with that travel bug yeah. was going to Calgary and seeing uh, Banff. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, as I said before, you just feel so small 
uh, in this grand world. And it really makes you think. And I love places that gets you to do that. Mm -hmm. Where you're in a certain area where you just start to reflect and think. I was um, I was talking. I went to. I didn't get a chance to go out because I was just downtown pretty much the entire time for work. But I was talking to my manager, and he's been uh, living in Calgary for a while. And every weekend he goes to the mountains to ski. Every weekend he goes so to the mountains cool. to ski. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah, and I was there with my director, who's lived there like his entire life. And they're talking about how um, I think it was maybe last year they took a employee trip. Like the entire office went out for a retreat into the mountains, and they went to I think it was Banff. And they're there at the hotel, and the hotel that they're staying at had, like, an observatory deck. And they're, they're, a whole bunch of these employees are just standing there in awe, staring at these mountains. And they're just completely floored and stunned because they've never seen these mountains before. And then my director kind of looks over, and he's like, oh, yeah, I guess that is kind of impressive. Like, what he was telling me is you sometimes start to take it for granted, and it's just, like, it's just a part of your world. You don't even notice it. But then it's nice to take a step back and from someone else's perspective, like myself, who's never experienced that I'd love to just be there and just in awe of it. And it's like, wow, this is the earth here. This is the land here. And I should pay attention to it more yeah. kind of thing. You, you're right. You do. I feel like we do take these sort of things for granted. And, um, especially like speaking for myself, at least, um, I've been sold like in the suburban bubble where even things like Dundas peak, which is in Hamilton. Yeah which isn't too far away, like when I went with Brinder or when I went hiking with you guys yeah. when we went over to, uh, what's it called again? Rattlesnake, Rattlesnake Point, yeah. Um, I found that beautiful Yeah. Uh, just because of what I'm used to. I'm so accustomed to long buildings and like the Marilyn Monroe building and like, you know what I mean? Like all these different um, like buildings, I suppose, that when you see anything nature or anything that's kind of like, oh, that's cool. I actually really like that. Yeah. And I'm, a, I'm, I love, I love, love, love just being able to sit down and just take a look at it. Honestly, I don't need, I don't need anything else. I don't need like, uh, oh, I want to like go cliff dive off that. That'd be great. And yeah. in the future, I'm sure I would love to do something like that. But for right now, even just looking at it mm -hmm. and if it gets me thinking, yep. you know, like it, it did it, it did what it had to sort of thing so honestly the the something i've actively tried to make an effort for in like the last few months is trying to find beauty everywhere and i know that it's hard sometimes when you're in like such an urban area like you don't see as much natural beauty because so much of everything around us is man-made but my biggest thing is just looking at the sky like i did you know how like you I mentioned you start taking things from grant for granted. Sometimes I'll just be like driving and I'll, and I'll just pull over and I'll just start looking at the sky. Cause I'm like, Holy crap. This is amazing. Like the, the way the colors, the way sunsets certain look sometimes the way clouds look and things like that. I never properly appreciated how beautiful the sky is. And now it's like, I make an active effort to just take a minute just to stop wherever I am and just be like, wow, that I looks really that. good. I saw your Instagram stories. I think you made it even a highlight on your profile. Yeah, I think that's my only highlight right now. Like, yeah. I just sometimes I'll just stop and I'll look at the sky and I'll be like, man, this is just amazing. And 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 it, they're like awful, like iPhone photos that they can't like do anything. But for me, it's important because it's kind of like a reminder where it's like you could be anywhere and you can be anywhere. You can be in the middle of a city and there might be so much stuff going on, but there's one thing that can never go away and that's the sky, right? Mm -hmm. That'll always be there. It's kind of like a deep, reminder. Brother. That's deep. Damn. Yeah, I know it is. It's, it's my, it's my reminder. It's my mental check to be like, you know, there's beauty everywhere kind of thing. Take a minute. I think for me, it. uh, when I was like looking at the mountains for the first yeah. time in Baffin, I really do encourage you to go yeah. by the way. Like, uh, 
like all like all jokes aside, like maybe people might think Calgary isn't all that, but yeah. just for the just for the Rocky Mountains themselves, I would say that the trip is worth it because of course, it's yeah. beautiful. Uh, in the summer, like my uh, my brother and my sister in law were living there for a little bit, <clears throat> actually over a year, not even a little bit. Um, and in the summer, I see pictures. Oh my god, I feel like it doesn't do it justice. Like when you're there in person, yeah, you really get to see. You're on like this paddle boat, Omar, surrounded by mountains and this lake, like Lake Louise. Yeah, and uh, it's just it's like this not even blue water, not like the photos that Zubair was taking, not that chart, not that chart. <laughs> it was like this, like a aqua. It's like aqua water. Yeah, you know, like the color of it is just so nice. It's kind of like a light green as well, but not on some like Bangladesh shit. It's like some like <laughs> I, I I don't know how how else to describe it. It's just so pure. Yeah. So imagine being surrounded by that body of water, seeing the mountains. It's beautiful, man. And I guess where I was going with this was my original thought when I saw these big ass mountains was, wow, I'm like. The problems that I have, they can be worked on. Everything will be okay. Like, that's what that gave me. Yeah. I felt so, I felt like my problems were so, I don't want to say insignificant because that's not the right word for it, but it just felt like I can tackle these. Yeah. There's things so much bigger than what I have going on right now, and I know that I can do it. That's, I know that that's I can a figure good, it out. That's a good mindset you to have. You know what I'm saying? That's a good, that's, I think that's the right way to, right thing to take away. Sometimes when people get, start having like those existential crises where there's like, well, what's the point? We're going to be dust anyways in a hundred years or something like that. It's like nice to kind of find motivation and things like that. You know, see the beauty in everything. Do you remember when we were uh, for Ace's bachelor party, when we were out on the lake, when we both took uh, kayaks out onto the lake and yeah, you and I were like alone yeah. and we kind of found that random alcove at the end of like the, the lake where they were surrounded by trees and the sun was shining through the trees onto the lake. You see the, you see the reflection on the water. Yeah. Remember that? And you, if you, ta- if you touch the water with your hand, you saw all the ripples and stuff like that. And we stood there and we were there for almost an hour, just floored. They oh, sent yeah. a rescue team yeah. of other people that went to the bachelor party to look for us because we were there for so long. Yeah. They thought something happened. They thought something us. happened, yeah. but nothing happened. There was literally nothing that, that, that went wrong. Yeah. It's just, we just took everything in. We just stopped and we just had to take it all in. We were in the right like mindset, I guess. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah i mean uh is there any place within canada and i know you've done east coast yeah uh are there any places else within canada that you'd maybe want to check out i don't know even like the north or something oh that's man something so so much there's so much that i want to see i want to go through uh i want to i love driving on like kind of like barren empty roads and stuff like that even if there isn't that much to see so i'd love to go like northern ontario and honestly I drive um, to the west, to the west coast, yeah. the mountains. I would love to do something like BC that. BC needs to be on our list, yeah. brother. I haven't gone myself, um, but I've seen crazy things. I've seen like these forests that are like, like these tall ass trees, and there's like a bridge that you walk. My cousin is actually there right now. Um, he's in the RCMP. Shout out, Shaf. Shout out. Um, I see, I see photos, man. Beautiful place. It's so That's natural. Great. Like the hikes there would be yeah. unreal. I definitely want to go there. So down for it. So down for it. And you mentioned the North, man. So Sherry and I were, uh, Sherry is uh, another friend of the pod, my uh, my roommate for like five years in uh, throughout university. We were planning a grad trip, the two of us, to go to Alaska, actually. We were going to... Y'all are some weirdos, man. Yo. 
Y'all are so weird. What do you mean Alaska? You, you're making fun of me for Winnipeg. Get the hell out of here, bro. Grad trips are like, hey, let's go to Europe. Yeah. Let's go to... But like, there's, I don't know, there's something exhilarating about like, you know, going to like that last frontier kind of thing, edge of the world, like driving to the North Pole kind of thing. That's that's fun. That's yeah, interesting, that's, I guess. That's true. Um, So... I would love to go to the North. Did you guys I find do it so some beautiful. like uh, preliminary research on Alaska? Because I'd yeah. love to learn more. Like, what did you? Or, like, we, what kind of attractions do they have? Or like, what things are there within Alaska? Honestly, that? so much of it was just going to be the drive there, and then beyond that, we kind of wanted to go as like far north as we could. So at a certain point, you can't drive anymore, and you got to take like a bush plane, like a small bush plane, deeper into the Arctic Circle and things like that. Mm. Another popular tourist attraction that a lot of people like going to is: Have you watched the movie Into the Wild? Into the Wild. Why does that sound so familiar? It's it's this movie without giving too much away. It's about it's this movie of this some um, of this college grad, this really privileged college grad who gives all his money away, gives all his possessions away, and just lives on the road and moves to Alaska, kind of thing, and lives wow. on lives no, off the I land. Did, I didn't watch that kind no. of thing. And it's it's based on a true story. It's like an actual person. So there's a there's a bus that he lived in, and that bus is still there in Alaska. I'm forgetting exactly where. So a lot of people love going to that. Oh, exact that's same actually point really cool. And stuff like that to see the bus where this this person actually lived and stuff. So there's like little things like that that I'd love to do along the way. And then other than that, just like the ability to go there and then come back and then having lived through that experience, it changes you, right? When you yeah. experience something like you looking at the mountains, something like that changes you. And then you are now a person that has gone through that thing. And that's, I think that's what's important to me to see as much as I can do as much as I can to come back and bring that all with me. I feel like Alaska is one of those places where, you know, when people say, um, I need a break. Yeah. Uh, I need to just disappear and find myself. Yeah. I think that's like the number one place to go. Yeah. Uh, Alaska. Um, because it's just so different than what we're so accustomed to and used to. Right. And it's like, as you said, like just at the edge, you get to, so, it must be so cool. So much of like these road trips are about like, you know, discovering parts of yourself, learning more about yourself and then bringing that back with you. The reason I even thought of Alaska was years ago, I saw this post on Reddit. It was about some guy who I think he, his girlfriend broke up with him or he, he got divorced or something. And he, I think he also lost his job and, and basically a lot was going on for him. So he and his brother, um, bought two motorcycles they strapped up all their gear to these two motorcycles and they were in san francisco i think and they rode up along the coast all the way to alaska they went all the way till the road ends in alaska uh some it's like an oil trucking road or something like that they went to the edge of the road and then drove all the way back down to san francisco so cool and they didn't bring back anything tangible with them, but what they brought back was, you know, the experience, a changed person. Like sometimes you just need to get away, like you said. And that's kind of what I, what I imagined where it's like, you know, at a certain point in my life, I would love to just drop it all, get away for like a really long time and then bring that back with me. I think everybody needs, you know what I think? Yeah. My brother said this to me. um, And I think, I think it's true. I feel like everybody needs, a very lengthy vacation, like almost like a sabbatical. Yeah. Um, especially considering how stressed out um, like millennials are and all that, mm-hmm. even adults uh, or like, you know, like boomers and all that. Like I think everybody needs at least one year. Okay. Yeah. One year to just, just go, just forget everything and just go do whatever you want to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like go out and explore if you want to go out and relax if you want to. But I think, 
a year, it really it really will change the entire course of your life based off your experiences and what you learn about yourself through that year. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've asked this question posed a few different ways uh, to a bunch of people. So let me ask this. If you had that one year off starting right now and you had no limitations, money wasn't an object, um, you know, being there for your family, your, your friends and all that wasn't an object. Like you didn't have to worry about physically being right where we are right now for mm-hmm. one year everything was kind of put on hold and you had all the money in the world what would you do in that one year what would i do in that one year yeah what would you do how how would you spend that sabbatical i think the way that i would spend the sabbatical honestly is what i'm trying to do right now but spending more time with it so what i mean by that is really really diving into and looking into what hobbies make me happy yeah because i'm still kind of in the middle of really determining Okay, when I'm not working, oh, I get to look forward to this thing. You know, like whether it's writing or whether it's poetry or whether it's uh, playing a, playing an instrument. Whatever the case may be, I'm still just trying to find exactly what that is. Yeah. And I feel like it's easy to say travel because everybody loves traveling. Yeah. So I don't want to give like a cop out like that. Mm-hmm. So I think what I would do in my sabbatical, regardless of how long it might take, is really pinpoint exactly what makes me happy in terms of a hobby and really dial in on that hobby. So if I find out that, okay, I spent like a month or so and I figured out that playing the guitar is my thing. I yeah. want to master it. Yeah. I want to, by the end of that year, I want to make sure that I can take something away from it mm-hmm. and, and use that even post sabbatical. Okay. Um, I think that's what I would, that's what I would really do. Um, of course, I think it's it's granted that I would want to go out there and travel, but I can't think of a specific place as yeah. of right now. So I don't even know how realistic that is. Of course, I want to explore like, I don't know, like Jamaica or like go to Europe or something. But my mindset right now, Omar, is I want to find out what hobby or what pastime really makes me happy. Yeah. I actually didn't even tell you about this. I, I don't even know how much, but um, cooking, I've decided that i want to take that on okay that's yeah. good yeah uh i searched up on google best way to cook 2010 <laughs> on google and um basically they had recommended the show called good eats by alton brown are you yeah. familiar with that yeah show? alton brown's a legend yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so i know you're into cooking and yeah. all that i can't believe i didn't get a chance to tell you i know like you're super into it and i'm yeah. super excited um so the first episode was like on steaks yeah uh, it's called steak your claim um, but that's what I decided. I want to focus more energy on that. Yeah. I want to figure out maybe this is it. Maybe I can get creative in the kitchen. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, no, so. that's really good news, man. I'm, yeah, I'm no, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm happy yeah. myself, man. I, I, I really do love the, yeah. love the journey. The only advice I'd give, love the journey. Every single time you're in the kitchen, you're making something new, you're making something different. It's a complete journey. And just like, be excited to mess up kind of thing, right? Right. You mess, don't be afraid of it. Like, there's no judgment. Like, you you make something and it tastes like crabs. You're like, well, all right, well, what did I do wrong? What can I do right kind of thing, yeah. right? Be yeah. really, like, I remember I used to be so stressed out when I first started cooking and stuff because I was like, oh, I got to get it perfect. But nobody gets it perfect their first time, right? So yeah. just be excited to fail. 
I think that's my uh, my my biggest takeaway as well. And uh, definitely with all my experimental food, I'll bring it over right for Please you. Please don't get it anywhere uh, it near be, me. Uh, I'm getting a restraining a order. Funny, I'm getting a restraining order. I think I think you'll really like it. Okay. Well, you didn't ask, but here's what I do for my sabbatical. <laughs> Goddamn, setting you up, and you never you never grab. The- I'm throwing these perfect throw these, lobs. Throw these bones. Throwing these perfect lobs to you, and you're just bricking every single one of the dunks. But I think what I do is just go on a solo journey for a really long time, and and not. I think that's different from traveling, whereas traveling, it's like you know, it's in a lot of ways it's easier, especially if money's no object. But I'd want a, a challenge. I'd want like I would want to do something like sailing alone across the Atlantic Ocean. Mm. or something like walking across in multiple countries just walking like something something stupid something that is going to take an obscene amount of time effort it's going to take planning it's it's but it's like something difficult that i want to go through like a walking across america or something really dumb like that where I don't know, you just experience so much more because it's so like visceral, it's so real, you're just there on the ground, you're there on the boat or whatever it might be. And because money's no object and because I have that full year off kind of thing, I can just do it and I can experience so much, meet so many people, learn so much along that journey, that difficult journey about myself, about other people, about the world. And that's kind of the the what I want to take away. And like, I don't know. I'm trying to incorporate more and more ways of doing things like that without actually walking away for me for a year. And that's kind of like the person I want to be. I want to be the person that has experienced that much. I like that you mentioned, um, like, you know, you, you just said something like talking to other people. Yeah. Um, I think that's the most underrated thing about a solo journey like that mm-hmm. or, or doing a solo journey in general is because you're forced to. Yeah. You're forced to communicate with other people. So that was going to be my question. As you're talking about that, I'm like, what are you going to do within this year? Yeah. Because it's easy to just say, I want to learn about myself. Okay, you can learn about yourself within like a day or two and you might get bored. So how are you going to spend a year? Yeah. But your thing is learning, right? And you can continuously learn forever until the day that you die, right? Like it doesn't need to be. Yeah. So, okay. So that's what you're focused on. That, that'd that be a big thing for me. And then, I mean, if I was, if it was like just sailing around the world at, at different points, you'd spend so much of that time alone in a difficult environment, but then you'd also eventually get to a destination, drop your anchor and then just walk around, meet people, learn, and then pick up your anchor and move kind of thing. And then you're on your own. And that balance of loneliness because I think everybody should have a certain degree of loneliness. I think like, you know, and and not just loneliness from people, loneliness from social media, loneliness from all of these things that we use to distract ourselves, just being with yourself in the truest form, mm-hmm. that mixed with learning about other people and going through like those challenges. I think that would be my perfect year. Hmm. That's interesting. I mean... Yeah, I guess you kind of just want to go like off the radar. Yeah. Like that's like yeah. you, if you want to spend a year, like you want to go completely, not necessarily isolation, but solitude. And there's a huge difference between those two, right? I think yeah. you and solitude. I talked about that Perfect. before. Yeah, solitude is what I would love. I would love to have. And I mean, that's not really a knock on my life. I love my life. I love the people in my life. And and honestly, part I'm sure it would suck like not being there for certain things that are happening here. But 
like you said, how everybody needs that like break. Everybody needs that one year where they're just kind of off doing their thing. And I think solitude would be like great for me. Mm. Well, that is interesting. Um, so you mentioned something interesting as well before, um, before we kind of move on, because I'm, I'm genuinely curious. Um, you said you want to incorporate some of those ideas in your current life. Yeah. So what things have you done to kind of capture that like idea of walking away and spending like a year by yourself and off the radar? Yeah. What are some things that you've incorporated in your life right now to kind of capture that, if anything yet? All right. That's a good question. So let me, I guess the whole idea of a big sabbatical or a big trip for that for me is taking a risk, you know, like this is, it's risky, like, you know, walking away, throwing yourself into new and different situations like that. So I try to do that on a much smaller scale by when an opportunity presents itself to take a risk, be like, yeah, you know what, let me do that. Let me let me talk to this random person who I probably wouldn't talk to on the plane or something like that. Let me just have a conversation, see where this goes kind of thing. Let me put myself out there when it comes to uh, figuring out what where I want to go this summer or where I want to travel or something like that. It's like, yeah, I could, I don't know, uh, go to Europe or something like that. But it's like, no, let me just take a really long road trip, even if it ends up being in a, like a solo trip or something like that. Like being open to the idea of doing things on my own. Other ways that I've kind of done that is by trying to limit how much time I spend on social media when I'm like with friends or something like that to really like immerse myself in that experience. Honestly, I went to the U.S. Um, consulate the the other day and you can't like carry in your phones or anything like that. So I was at work. This was during work. Then I had an appointment. So I'm downtown. I leave all my stuff in my locker at work and I just go. And I was gone for maybe like a couple hours or something. And it was so freeing because once I'm done there at the concert, I walk out and it's like your first reaction is reach down in your pocket, check your phone or something. And it's like, I don't have any of that stuff on me. And then I'm just there and I'm like, you know what? I could take a cab, I guess, back to work. I'm just like, let me just walk for a bit. And and that feeling of having no responsibility. Well, I mean, I guess I should have been at work, but you know, it really like having no responsibilities yeah. in that moment, being free of everything. And you're in the middle of the city and everyone's moving so fast around you. There's so much traffic. There's all this stuff going on and you're just there experiencing it all alone without, you know, purposely trying to distract yourself by looking at your phone and refreshing it or something like that. And just being present and trying to get more moments like that and little things like if i'm driving and the sky looks really good i'm just going to stop and pull over and just look at it kind of thing right just like really trying to immerse myself in moments like that and get that solitude wherever i can find it you know how you're going to be when you grow up when you're going to be super when you're when you're super old and your grandkids come up to you yeah and they ask you questions i feel like you're never going to answer it (laughs) like to ask you like uh hey like uh what did you like the most about life you're going to be like you know, life isn't exactly life, but it's a spiritual journey that one must find oneself in. I, my goal is to be so woke that people think I'm fake woke. Like they, like they think it's an act. Like there's no way. It's like I want people to have conversations behind closed doors where they're kind of like, there's no way this is real, right? He's faking it, right? This is all a bit like that's what I want. 
the thing is, man, and uh, especially on the topic of just uh, like no social media or like not being on your phone. When I went to a comedy show in New York, um, we you weren't you're not able to like they literally put your phone inside this envelope sealed shut. And if you take it out, they kick you out right away. Mm. No phones allowed whatsoever. But because of that, crowd engagement is so much better. Yeah. Because, you know, comedians, the way that they make jokes is is like that. Yeah. Um. So one person made a joke on me because I'm brown and he said that I had no rights. <laughs> but, you know, like I found it kind of funny. It hurt a little bit. Yeah. You know, like I'm just like I was surprised. I thought it was 2020. I didn't know we still did things like this. <laughs> but uh, it, it, what I'm trying to get at is there's much more engagement and you're so much more immersed in, in the moment. And yeah. you're you're taking in the entire experience. Okay. It's so much better. So if I so stay off my phones... I'm going to get racist <laughs> jokes against me. That's what I'm telling you. That's the moral of the story. That's the moral of the story right here. You want people to be racist against you? Stay off your phone. <laughs> you know who should have stayed off his phone? Who? IG. Well, I mean, he'd still be, he'd still be <laughs> traded. It's not no, like, if he doesn't look at his phone, it's not happening. It's like, if he doesn't look at his phone, it ain't happening. It's that one Simpsons episode where Homer's running late to pay his taxes and there's a red light and he stops at the light and he's like, he closes his eyes. He's like, if I don't see it, it's not illegal. And then floors it through the red light. That's what you got to think, baby. That's the way you got to think. All right. Shout out to IT. Um, man, trade deadline. Let's, that has been that has been the uh, the topic um, as of when was the trade deadline again? Was it uh, Thursday? Thursday, 3 p.m.? Thursday, 3 p.m. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're like, no, it's 12.52 in Calgary, so it doesn't count. <laughs> I, was, I was in Calgary and then... <laughs> These guys are like, oh, yeah, it's like 12. The trade deadline's over in like eight minutes. I'm like, guys, they said 3 p.m. <laughs> it's only 12 where I am. You know, I don't believe in time. And zones. also in your old age, you're going to master these dad jokes. You're going to be so good at them, Omar. Oh, man, I'm working on that right now. I, I strive to be as old as I can be. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let me tell you about the first thing that happened. OK. All right. What happened? Andre Drummond. Boy, that guy got sent to Cleveland. And for what? So the Cavaliers got Andre Drummond and Pistons got Brandon Knight, John Henson, and a second round pick. So basically the Cavaliers got Drummond and the Pistons got nothing. <laughs> the Pistons got literally like, but okay, I need to understand this a little bit more. Um, I thought Drummond was good. Like fantasy wise, those guys give him, you know, like he gives boards. He has the stats, but maybe it's just empty. Like, what are your thoughts and opinions on Drummond? So in the I don't, first place? I don't, I don't think it's it's empty in that sense. I just think that Drummond's skill set isn't the most impactful when it comes to winning. Like, it's he's he's a he's a good player in his role, but I swear, like the Pistons are better defensively when he's not on the floor, which is like weird to think about about a center that's as big as he is, and and yeah. and he does have some talents, but it's just like it's kind of like. If if this was the NBA 15 years ago, then like Drummond would be like a top five player or something like that. But it's like the game has changed. Drummond can't shoot. All he does is rebound. He can't read he, on offensively. He's not that good. And defensively, he has his struggles. I think honestly, what it came came down to is the Pistons saying we don't want to pay this guy That's this it. summer. We don't want to pay gonna him. Opt in that twenty eight million dollars. Yeah. He's definitely going to opt in. No one's going to pay him that much money. Yeah, he's so, not worth that much. Twenty eight mil? No way. Honestly, he might sign for like 20 a year for multiple years just for the security aspect of it. Like mm -hmm. you never know if you get injured or something like that. But Pistons just didn't want to deal with that. They're like, they, I guess they're just trying to go in a different direction. I don't know what that direction is. They also traded for Blake Griffin last year. So I don't yeah. know what they thought was going to happen. But yeah, I saw the funniest tweet. It was like, uh, yo, Dr Andre Drummond's uh, revenge game is going to be 
crazy. The man's going to go for 40 boards. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be like eight points, 40 boards. Yo, he's going to grab, yo, he's going to grab every single board that he could get. The man's going to be jumping up and down. <laughs> All right. Well, something even funnier trade deadline that I saw was after IT got traded, he was waived. And someone replied to that tweet saying, good. Does Rockets need a backup center? <laughs> Bro, they said the Rockets need a backup center. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god, that is so funny. All right, bro, talk. Let's talk Rockets. What happened? Okay, then? so the Rockets. Okay, <laughs> so this was like a twelve-person um, trade and four-team trade. Okay, so it's a it's a blockbuster. But the Rockets got uh, Covington. All right, uh, and they also got Jordan Bell, but he was traded to Memphis. Yeah. Uh, and the Atlanta Hawks got Clint Capella um, and Nene, who was then waived. So they just got Clint Capella. <laughs> All right. Uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves got Evan Turner, uh, Malik Beasley. Who I like. Uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez and uh, Jared Vanderbilt and a first-round pick. All right. And then the Nuggets, they got uh, Shabazz uh, Napier, who was traded to Washington. Noah Vonley, Keita Bates, Diop, Gerald Green, and a first-round pick. Mm, shout out to so, Gerald Green. So, a lot of names there, but I think most notably, it's the fact that the Rockets just literally just decided small ball and screw everybody else. We don't need Clint Capella. We don't need Nene. We just want to have our five foot nine center, um, PJ Tucker. And it worked. It worked against it, the Lakers. It worked against the Lakers, Everyone, yeah. I, I don't know if you watched that game, but the national I watched it. The national broadcast for the first quarter... Chris Webber was going in on these guys for not having a center. Like every single layup, every single time AD would roll to the basket or something like that, he'd be like, well, that's going to happen all game. I mean, you know, I guess they made a decision, you know, like he's just kind of like backhand complimenting anything that good the Rockets do. And anytime the Lakers get in quote unquote easy basket, he'll kind of go in on them and be like, well, that's what, as a player, I loved driving to the basket without a center there. And I don't know, man, like, Maury, Dan, Tony, they're making it work. Like, I get it that this was kind of a money-driven move, too, because their ownership is cheap, and they wanted to low, get out of the tax, I think it was, or lower their tax bill. I can't remember where, where they're at this season, but I love Covington. I'm a huge Covington guy, and they made it work against the Lakers, which are one of the best teams in the league, so... I remember watching the highlights for that one, so I didn't watch the game, Yeah, but uh, it looked like Anthony Davis was going for a lot of, like, fadeaways. Yeah, like I feel like he wasn't driving or making it, uh, making use of the fact that there's like a five foot seven PJ Tucker in front of him, and he just didn't lay up as much as I thought he would, or get as fouled, get fouled as much as I thought he would. Yeah, so part of that is because he still got thirty points. He, he was still, getting yeah, he, he still got buckets. He but. was getting doubled every single time, and like we got to give PJ Tucker his due. He is one of the best defenders at his position like he's 35 son this bro, guy's old as shit yeah but he can defend i swear he held ad to like what was it like three for nine or something like that in positions that was guarded by him i don't remember the exact stat there but like pj tucker was is really good at his position defending he's such a smart defender too he knows exactly how to defend someone and another thing was ad was getting doubled and tripled anytime he got the ball like anytime he got the ball when lebron wasn't on the court they struggled so much the lakers so there's, there's a lot that goes into it, and obviously, other teams are going to need some time to adjust to this Rockets game plan. That was the first game, right? Yeah. They didn't have sets to attack the Rockets and, and, and ways to get about it. So there are going to be adjustments in both directions. Rockets are going to learn to play together, and other teams are going to learn to play against them. 
you know how I feel this is going to be? Um, this is going to be a very nerdy analogy, but it's one that applies to both of us. Okay. Uh, let's say you're you're playing League of Legends. All right. And top lane is an AD carry. Okay. It's weird. You're like, why is this person kill? But later you realize, oh, let me just murder this guy. This is nothing. Yeah. I feel like that's exactly what's going to happen with the rocket. So right now people are just shook, like or surprised, not shook, but surprised. Like, what do we even do against this? But when you do figure out that it's just PJ Tucker there. They're going to get demolished. I don't like what the Rockets did. I think Clint Capella and Harden had that Stephen Adams, Russell Westbrook chemistry going. That, that pick and roll was easy baskets. I mean, that's easy. what it was. It's either, it was. It's either Harden uh, driving with the left or he's throwing up a lob for Clint Capella to dunk it. It was unstoppable. Um, I think that really hurts Harden a lot more yeah. than, we, than we think. And considering how um, the offensive game plan of the Rockets is literally James Harden. Yeah. I don't know if this is a good trade or like a good anything for them. I, I think they just wanted to do something different. They're like, let's just go all in, see what happens. I think Dan Tony knows that if he doesn't make anything work right now, he's gone. So I don't know, man. I think Atlanta, though, yeah. Trey Young and Clint Capella, that's going to be lobs for days. That's going to be interesting. Oh, and it's so annoying because Trey Young makes these centers look so good. <laughs> I was watching Trey Young demolish the 76ers like a couple weeks ago. And it's so frustrating to watch because it's like the most bargain bin centers that Atlanta had before this trade. And they, they look so dominant because Trey Young is setting them up beautifully. That pick and roll where he can always hit the roll guy or he can hit that one hand floater. He's so good at that as well. Like it's so frustrating to watch because from my perspective, I'm 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 watching the 76ers get torn apart. And I'm like, there's got to be a better way to do this. Like, how is this like tiny boy tearing you guys apart? <laughs> Like he, he he literally looks like a boy amongst men. Like against Joel Embiid, he's like do, hitting this floater, and Embiid's getting so frustrated because like, uh, who's that guy who took roids on Atlanta? John Collins. Uh, John Collins. John Collins is getting like every single dunk, every single dunk, and yeah. it's just like, John Collins is not good enough to be getting like three dunks in a row. Yeah. Like, how yeah. is this happening? But uh, I think for that, I think honestly, like the Atlanta Hawks are maybe a piece away from really making like something happen within the East. Um, well, with Clint Capella, Trey Young, and I think maybe like a three and D guy, like a like a like an all star three and D. Yeah. Well, the hope Man. is that they can develop. Uh, who they Reddish? They, they, Reddish, they yeah, got, yeah, they yeah, got yeah, Reddish, yeah. Right. I, I swear, Reddish has been like pretty bad at the beginning of the season. Um, but the hope is that he could develop into that guy, and then they might make some noise. But I mean, a lot of people had the Hawks pretty high this year, and they ended up being awful. Yeah, like, they absolutely really awful. Yeah. So. Which I mean made that Philly loss hurt even more. Like, come <laughs> on, like, hey Philly. Uh, well, what? We'll get into that. We'll they into didn't that. make moves, so it's fine. They didn't make any moves. Yeah, we want to focus on trade deadline for now. Um, I'm gonna leave the uh, the other like blockbuster for a little bit later, but uh, yeah, Marcus Morris is is this is a big one as well. Um, so basically, the Los Angeles Clippers got Marcus Morris and it shout out it. But what they do with him? Boy, he got waved. <laughs> Boy, they waved hello and they waved goodbye. Danny Ainge rolling in his grave. <laughs> and uh, the New York Knicks got Mo Harkless. All right. And uh, the Washington Wizards got Jerome Robinson. I think the Clippers getting Morris is they they're just they're just improving their team even more. Like if I wasn't sold before with the Clippers, mm. I'm completely sold now. Damn. Marcus Morris is is actually gonna be a uh, a game changer. I feel. With the with the Clippers, he's another um shot who's uh he can shoot from three. He's he's a big body as well. Man, I think the I think the Lakers really would have wanted it, but I know how expensive he was for the Lakers. They'd have to give up Cal Kuzma, 
Danny Green, and maybe some picks as well for Marcus Morris. Yeah. That wouldn't make sense for the Lakers, but it's just the fact that the Clippers got them. That really, really makes it harder for everybody else in the Western Conference, man. Yeah. Lakers in five. <laughs> <laughs> okay, buddy. I'm not... You want me to shake in my boots because of Marcus Morris? Marcus Morris? You, I'm an th- Oklahoma City Thunder fan. I've seen his... I've seen those shots. He's clutch. I'm not trying to sell you a Marcus Morris, but you can't tell me you're not afraid of that team. Okay, buddy. I saw on Twitter, someone said, damn, the Clippers got a big three now. <laughs> you are not selling me on the idea of Marcus Morris being part of a big three. Buddy, what have been the big threes that we've seen recently? You know, we've seen Kevin Durant, uh, uh, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. That's a big three, bro. Ibaka, uh, KD, and Westbrook, LeBron, Wade, and... Um, uh, Bosch, and then the Cavs' big three. Those are big threes. Bro, you're not putting Marcus Morris in a big three. Defensively, Morris will help. And that bench, the the Clippers' bench is already disgusting. And they didn't give anything away besides who, Mo Harkless? Who gives a shit about Mo Harkless? He's terrible. Adding Morris to the mix, Omar, it's not a big, it's not a big three thing. It's the depth. The Clippers are terrifying. Okay, but... The Clippers bench, the bench has underperformed sank. this year. The the bench has underperformed. That's what everyone was saying at the beginning of the year that the depth is like unbelievable. The depth is unbelievable. But I mean they've like been underperforming based off what they should be on paper. Like and I get that they've missed had injuries here and there. But even when they've played like they've I, when they played the Bucks they got blown out by like 40 or something like that earlier in the season and things like that. It's like they have a lot of questions and I honestly I'm not, I don't think Marcus Morris is the thing that's going to, I'd rather, I think the Bucks are a much better team than the Clippers. I don't see the Come Clippers. on, no. the Bucks, Dude, the Bucks are really good. Yo, in the playoffs, you already know what's going to happen. They're going to block the paint. They're not going to give Giannis anything. And who's he going to dish it out to? In the playoffs, the Bucks will underperform. I know this. The Bucks will not do well. They're not a good team. But they're going to lose to the Raptors. I know that. But I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and then Giannis is going to come to Toronto. But uh, what what I'm saying is, I, I right now, like, I just think the Bucks are are a better team than the Clippers, and I think the Lakers with are Middleton, bro, boy, Middleton's good, bro. Come on, you know you're you're lying to yourself <laughs> when you say that shit, man. I just don't think the Clippers are that good, and the Lakers. I think in the playoffs, the Lakers because LeBron's gonna kick it up a notch. They're gonna stop playing Rajon Rondo. Caruso's gonna close and start hopefully. So I think the the Lakers are gonna be better. So in this thirty too. second span. You've not only praised Middleton, but you've praised Alex Caruso. Dude, he's as being, good. As being Alex, that dude. Alex as Caruso, being that dude. Alex Caruso is good. You got to get past the memes. Alex Caruso is good. He is. He gives them a, a, a shot creator, a playmaker, because Rondo hasn't been that for five Rondo years. Rondo has been like, terrible. Like, and at, at this point, if he doesn't have the ball, he's, he's a liability because yeah. he can't shoot. He doesn't run around. He's not like cutting. So what's he, he kills, doing for the he Lakers? Kills he kills them defensively. He kills them offensively. He kills them defensively as well. But you know what? Um, so that was kind of part of the reason why the Lakers, you know, didn't make any moves. But like you mentioned, they'd have to give up so much to do anything of value. And a lot of people are like, Morozo was like, oh, they still have Rondo on the team. But I mean, like Frank Vogel's not dumb. He is an NBA head coach. Um, well, so is Jim Boylan, but Frank uh, Frank Vogel <laughs> is a good NBA head coach, and he recognizes that like he can't play Rondo 
and he, the Rockets game, Caruso closed. He didn't. He took Rondo yeah. off. He's done that other times this season. And I think in the playoffs, it's just right now he's not going to do it because it's going to be a locker room thing. Like Rondo is going to be kind of toxic if you stop playing him right now at this point in the season. Depending on how Kuzma is feeling that day, he's also like icy hot. This guy yeah. is so inconsistent. More, more icy than yeah. hot, I'd say. But yeah. So how do you feel about them not dealing Kuzma? I, I think his value just wasn't there. That's what it yeah, was. His value yeah. just wasn't there. I mean, if this guy had been like had put up like two solid months leading into the deadline, I'm sure you could have like duped, I don't know, the Bulls into taking Kuzma or something like that, like a, a stupid team like the Kings or the Bulls or someone like that. Right. But the guy has been bad. He's the career lows across the board, uh, all his stats and things like that. Right. Like, and I get it. You have AD, you have LeBron and all this stuff. But I mean, like when he's been asked to perform, he's been bad. And every now and then he'll put up like a 30 point game and everyone will be like, who's back? Who's, who's back? Who's, like, he's young. He is young. He has a lot to figure out. Yeah, but he's also like bad. So <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the thing. That's the disconnect, you know? So with Kuzma, not so much. But this is something I've been kind of struggling with where I'll watch a player and I'll be like, oh, I get so excited over a young player because you watch them come into the league after a few seasons. They're like, Yo, this is the year they step up. This is the year. But at one point, at what point should I just give up and be like, man, I get it. He's young, but he's also just bad. Like, like they're yeah. not going to improve. And and that's kind of something I'm struggling with. You might start seeing this a bit more because now that the Thunder are rebuilding, you're going to have a lot of draft picks. You're going to have a lot of young players that come I, into I'm, that I'm, team. I'm seeing, do you know how high it was with Terrence Ferguson? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's just one of those things like, uh, where you see it. You you remember moments. You're like, yo, I know he could do it. it just stop being so I bad. I remember, you know, yeah. that 2018 season when he dunked on the Lakers. Like, that was really cool, Terrence. Yeah. Can you just do that consistently? <laughs> Can you make these shots consistently? It hurts, He lost man. a starting position. Yeah. He lost a starting position. So. Dude, dude, it hurts because it's like, it's kind of like your kid. You've watched them come into the league. You're so proud of them. You want yeah. them to succeed. Yeah. But at a certain point, you're just like... Man, this guy's just bad. Maybe my kid shouldn't be in the choir. <laughs> Maybe he shouldn't be singing. Yeah. Um. No, I, I, I see what you're saying, but I feel like the Clippers, like this, will push me to the edge of thinking for sure now. Like, it's not even, it's not even gonna be close. The Clippers are taking it. Kawhi Leonard is the greatest. I think he's the, I think he's the, uh, uh the best NBA player right now, ahead of LeBron oh, James. Okay. Um, I said this uh, after the Raptors won the championship as well, but that con- like that was concrete for me. Like the load management and all that, we'll talk about that in another episode. But um, skill, defensively and offensively, I've never seen the game as versatile as his. Um, so I think Kawhi Leonard is going to be that factor that's really just going to push them over to the edge. And he wants to bring that chip to LA, man. So I see the Clippers doing it, man. I don't know. Um, the last uh, thing that's more notable... Yeah, is uh, D'Angelo Russell and um, Andrew Wiggins. So Wait, what's the, notable? Of, the Warriors. Of the Warriors got Andrew Wiggins and two draft picks, and Minnesota got D'Lo, Jacob Evans, and Omari Spellman. So basically, the Timberwolves got D'Lo. Cat got his guy. Cat got his guy. Cat got his guy. He's been pushing for D'Lo to come because Cat Booker and D'Lo are all boys from like college. They all played. Same place too, and they also play Destiny Kentucky. together. Yeah, <laughs> or like Fortnite, whatever. Um, <sighs> honestly, the Wolves are still gonna suck. Yep, exactly. And, and Wiggins is not good. Like, he's twenty four. He's he's not young. Good. He's bad. In a he's, championship in a championship team with a championship coach, the Maple Mamba, or, or no, no, that's, no, that's not. Apparently, that's uh 
What's his name? R.J. Barrett. That is, hey guys, the, don't call me the Maple Mom anymore. Wasi calls him the Maple Mom, but what was Wiggins' name? Uh, Maple Jordan. Maple Jordan. That's what it was. Maple Jordan. Oh God, why are these nicknames so awful? <laughs> Canadian players, don't name yourself Maple anything. anything. Just stop it. Like you, high schoolers listening to this right now, ready yeah. to like play D one basketball. Stop it. Stop you're, it. You're not, not Maple, maple anything, anything, bro. Um. Okay, so. Steve Kerr, when asked about Andrew Wiggins, said he was asked to be a star in Minnesota, but we're not asking him to be a star. We're asking him to play a role. We already have stars and things like that. And Steve Kerr is lying so much. This guy, when they got D'Lo at the beginning of this season, they're like, oh, yeah, so, you know, how's D'Lo going to work? Like, aren't you just going to flip him because you needed a return from the KD trade or something like that? And he's like, we didn't get D'Lo just to trade him. Immediately, as soon as they can trade him, they trade him. They trade him, yeah. Like, so... I don't trust anything Steve Kerr says. That man is a paid liar. But Wiggins is a bad player. He's going to be bad there as well. He started off the season pretty hot, though. Yeah, and then they lost like two months straight. Like, they didn't <laughs> want a damn game. Like, Cat hasn't won a game since Thanksgiving. Cat doesn't want to win. He's so bad. Carl Anthony Towns. Well, okay, sorry. No, he's he's not bad. But at a certain point, a player got it has to be held accountable yeah, for your exactly. team. Exactly. For your, for your Come team on. being as, as bad as it is. Like they should be a playoff team with Carl yeah. Anthony Towns and that team. He should be able to at least lead them to the playoffs. And what's terrible is, I mean, Minnesota now, like as as much as people uh, would talk crap about um tom thibodeau like he was a he was a smart coach like in game wise and and things like that he wasn't a good executive he was he was a bad executive but he's a smart coach and now they have great executives they hired like gerson uh rosas in the off season i think it was or maybe even before that and he's super smart i wish philly got him instead we got elton brand but like whatever elton brown (laughs) elton brown we got elton brown (laughs) running running the 76ers (laughs) man and then so from that perspective, like I don't think they're gonna be that good. Dilo's like Dilo's a flashy player. Dilo's fun to watch. Ice in his veins, you know. He's gonna hit a dagger through every now and then. But I mean, there was a reason why I thought he was the third best guard on Brooklyn. Like you're I, so rude, bro. Dinwiddie, so rude, dude. Dilo, Dinwiddie, and Lavert were better than him. Why do you say these? Things? Dude, he was the third best guard on Brooklyn. Dinwiddie and Levert are so good. Let me say Dinwiddie one more time. Dinwiddie. You know, the thing about Minnesota is like teams like that, I have zero sympathy for. Um, and what I mean by teams like that, it's like teams that should be in the playoffs. Like with Portland, did you hear that thing about how uh, Damian Lillard was crying over the refs because it was a goaltend? And it was a goaltend. It was. Okay. I hate Utah, but I'll get back to that. Let me let me get to that. Um. He was crying over it. Oh, maybe it wasn't a good team. I'm going to jump a diss track in my stand club. Listen, you have a team of yourself and CJ McCollum. Don't worry about no damn ninth seed. All right? I don't care if you're a couple of games away from making the... You should have been in the playoffs right now. If the Oklahoma, if OKC is like fifth seed right now, Portland has absolutely no reason to be as bad as they are right now. Yeah, they do. His name is Carmelo Anthony and you know all about it. <laughs> You know all about what that man does to you, all right? <laughs> all too well. Okay. Yeah, I get it. Normally, it's like a bad look, but, you know, but 
because it's Utah, I'm going to side with you. <laughs> Donovan hate... Mitchell is the best, baby. Donovan Mitchell is so <laughs> corny. I saw a tweet where it's like, Spider. to be part of the Utah Jazz organization, is it like a requirement to be unnecessary, extremely corny? Is that what it is? <laughs> like, we only hire corny people. And then it's like, Donovan Mitchell's talking all the smack after the game. It's like, yo, what do these guys think they are coming into our house like that? Would they <laughs> think they could do this to us or something like that? Like, really? Like, you guys are so bad. And Rudy Gobert gets away with so much goaltending at the end of games. It's so annoying. <sighs> Rent over. Rent over with uh, Utah. Because let me tell you why Utah's going to win the entire championship. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to send you. This is great radio. But I'm going to send you this uh, this tweet. <laughs> After this podcast, uh, is this guy? Um, I think he's a former NBA player from like way back. Vernon Maxwell. Do you okay. know him? No, I don't know him. Okay, yeah. So he he was uh he played for what did he played for the Rockets. Okay, and this guy for some reason I don't know what the backstory for this is, but he has like a grudge against <laughs> uh, the Utah Jazz, and he just every every. <laughs> Like, the funniest was, like, at one point, this man tweeted. Like, he's like, I'm sorry for my bad tweets against uh, the Utah Jazz. If I had known y'all had internet over there, I wouldn't have tweeted it. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you just... <laughs> Who is this no-name? Bro, this man is so funny. And, I, and I'm just going to follow him now because I love the Utah slander. Oh, my, oh my God. God. So this guy, he, he did this one tweet that you got to just watch it right now. Yeah, I need your live reaction. We'll post we'll post the video on our IG. That's what we'll do. Um, let me scroll through. Here we go. I'm going to DM it to you on. Uh, yeah, send it uh, on the DMs. On uh, Twitter. I'll, uh-huh. I'll cut this part out on the podcast. Later. No, leave it. This is, Fine, this is genuine reaction. Yeah. All right. If you want to see the video, then go. <laughs> Alright, so here's the reason I'm in Utah. I decided to offer a free clinic to the best young shooters in the state as a truce to try and mend my relationship with Utah fans. Here are the best shooters the state had to offer. (laughs) It's like air ball after air ball after air ball. He's so bad. Vernon Maxwell is so bad. Wait, he's a two-time world champion? Who is this guy? Oh, my God. Oh, I'd like to apologize, Jazz fans that were offended by my tweets. If I knew you guys had internet in Utah, I would never have made these tweets. Oh, my God. He's so funny. I gotta, I'm following this guy just That's for the Utah so slander. so funny. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> he's such a troll. It's so he posted, funny. He posted this uh, other, uh, other photo of this blonde girl taking a picture with him. Yeah. He quoted the tweet, and he's like, she bowed it. <laughs> it's a picture of him and a random fan. And he's like, she bowed it. Oh, my God. Oh, this guy's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to follow him as well, I think. So funny. I'm going to follow him as well. But uh, I guess to move things along, that kind of summarizes the trade deadline. Uh, did you think that any team should have made should have made some moves? I thought Gallinari was going to go to the Miami yeah, Heat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Miami Heat, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, they've, you know, like, they're a dark horse within the East, man. They got Iguodala. Yeah. They've got Jimmy Buckets, Tyler Hero, Bam. Yeah, I know you're not too high on Bam, but I think as an overall team, like people shouldn't sleep on them. You know? Yeah, they're gonna be difficult. It's just like a team you don't want to play. And and Philly, I hate them for being as garbage as they've been this season. I think they can be good, but they're just 
you know, it's like you think you can be good if you just stop being bad. That's kind of one of those things where it's like, no, like just stop it. You're not this bad. Just, just stop. Don't it's, do it's that a choice. thing that yeah, you're doing. It's like, yeah, that thing about being bad. Don't do that anymore. And you're a good team. You're so good. Yeah. So because they're as bad as they are, I'm so stressed out for their sake because it's like they they might end up playing. I think right now the way it is, they'll end up playing Miami in the first round. And it's yeah, like that's not you a team don't you want play. that. You don't want them. On the road against Miami in the first round, a team that's been as bad as they are, so like it's really dangerous. It's there. I'd say there are two teams in the East that you just don't want to play, no matter what round it is. And I'd say they're the Raptors in Miami. Yeah, you know there are other teams that are good. There are other teams that are bad that are going to make the playoffs and things like that. But those are two teams. It doesn't matter what seed you are. It doesn't matter if you're Milwaukee playing the Raptors or Milwaukee playing Miami. You just don't want to play them. You'd like to avoid that with the seeding if you can. And man, the Raptors are on that 13 game win streak right now. Mm, yeah, uh, Sergi Baca came up big. I don't know if you got a chance to watch that game where I they got the, the 12th. The twelfth. I watched the, the 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 game winning shot. That's what yeah. I watched. My dad yeah. and I watched it. We were about to quit, uh, because it was such a cat and mouse game where the Raptors kept chasing. Yeah, and then uh, Indiana just another three, another three. It seems like they couldn't miss. Yeah, um, and then man, Serge Ibaka with that shot. That was such a fun game to watch. The Raptors yeah. are out to play. It seems like uh, I think post All Star break they're gonna turn it up another notch. Yeah, and I think again, as you said, nobody wants to play them in the first round. They have no fear. The Raptors are not afraid of of any team. Really, they it, really aren't. It was against the Pacers, right? That yep. comeback. The first NBA game I ever went to was for my birthday when we yeah, all went. Yeah, and we yeah. were, it was against the Pacers, the Pacers where we were down all game and then they made a comeback at the end. And then they won. That was such a, yeah. oh my God, that game was so much fun to yeah. watch. Yeah. I completely forgot that we even went there. Yeah, um, that was crazy. That was so sick. Shout out to Iman for setting that up. Shout out Iman, yeah. shout out Iman. So honestly, like they're playing right now. It might end up being 14 in a row. They're up seven against Brooklyn Nets in the fourth quarter and things like that. So it's like, it's crazy. This team is so good. This team that's like they're I'm when they make the playoffs and and when they get their seat on no 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 let me scratch that when they win the championship when they do back yeah, to back yeah, this brother. year hell yeah brother. dude the the flame that we are gonna send to these national analysts that doubted this team bro like the the amount of like old retweets that we're gonna bring up to the surface have you seen that picture of Sam Mitchell and um. Uh, what's the other guy? Dennis Scott or whatever, where they, they're standing in front of two standings. They're giving their predictions for the season. And one of them doesn't even have the Raptors on it. And the other one has the Raptors as the eighth seed or something oh like that. Oh, my God. Is that and, how low they have yeah, us? Yeah. And Sam Mitchell, like, announces Raptors games and things like that. And, wow. Like, so it's like Raptors Twitter loves, you know, William Blue, right? Yeah. Oh, I love Twitter. that guy. Yeah. This guy tweets this picture, like, once every week or something like that. He just brings <laughs> it up. He's like, this was a real, this was a real prediction by NBA analysts. Oh, that's my supposedly God. The disrespect. Dude, these national guys had the Raptors missing the playoffs. They're going to end up with the second best record in the league. That's crazy to think about. That's crazy. With the injuries. Yes. With losing a superstar. Yeah. They, what two inc- starters. Two starters. One of Wait, which was Omar, the finals MVP. Now that you summarize it like that, we're watching gold. Like we're yeah. what we're watching right now is like like is like none other. This yeah. is incredible. Yeah. The way that you summarize it is insane. Yeah. Injuries, uh, uh, loss of superstar. All of these young and developing players, Terrence Davis shouldn't be shooting yeah. at that high of a clip. Dude, this man should not be having 30-point games. No. Like, he should not be having 30-point games, but he's doing it. Nick Nurse, baby. Oh, my God. Nick Nurse. I'm this, Every single episode, we should have a five-minute thank you to Nick Nurse. And until he comes on the pod and we say, who, who are, are you? you? <laughs> <laughs> That's for the OGs of this podcast. I remember that. Who are you? <laughs> who are you? <laughs> 
Oh man, dude, we got to start having like actual Raptors players come on these pods, man. Like, I don't know, like they're William not getting Lou. my messages. William Lou, baby. William Lou, respond to our messages and then set it up for uh. us. <laughs> I feel when you gotta get William Lou to first respond to your messages. It's not even like we're asking the Raptors players. Man, hey, man I check. told you about that, didn't I? I told you about were my you, Twitter DMs. Were you DM in the, in the in the finals run? Were yeah, you DM man, them? Man, yeah. I'll tell you this real quick, and then we'll wrap this up. All right. Um. I remember, oh man, I can't even believe I'm saying this story right now. I'm going to look like such a loser, but whatever. I am one. You um, are. You are. We, it was, I think, game five. Milwaukee? No, this was uh, Golden State. Oh, this was Golden State. This okay, is the Golden okay. State series. So it was game five. And I think the Raptors just lost. Yeah. Okay. They just lost their first game. Cause, yeah, because we needed them to close out yeah. in, in five, but they couldn't. So they had to go to six. So they just lost their first game. And I and I messaged William Lou. I'm just like, yo, William, please. I'm stressed. Lou, William Lou, <laughs> I'm so stressed out right now. Tell me the Raptors are going to win. Like, he's a freaking fortune teller. <laughs> and then he, he responds back like a couple days later. He's like, don't worry, bro. Don't stress. We got this. <laughs> Wait, didn't you message again? I messaged again. Yeah. Because we lost again. <laughs> I'm like, William. So, so it wasn't five. Because okay, we lost again. So we had had to yeah. be before that. Yeah. Um, I'm like, William, man, you told me we would win. I'm so stressed right now. Tell me everything's going to be okay. <laughs> he responded again. He's like, bro, why are you stressing? We got this. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. No, but did it after they won? Didn't he message saying like, I told you? We yeah, 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 yeah. That's you're was, right. Yeah, yeah. I, I forgot about that part. When we did it, when he messaged me back, he's just like, I told you. <laughs> That's so jokes that he remembered and he went back into his Yo, DMs. William Lou, man. William Lou's that dude, man. Yo, we got to get him on the podcast. Right, yeah, cool. shout, out, shout out to William Lou. I'm going to set up this episode specifically. Like, Yo, reach, man. Let, let's talk so. Tell him we talk about him, but don't tell him when. So he has to listen to the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> if you tell him like William jump to this timestamp, man, no one's gonna listen to this. <laughs> I think with that we should <laughs> I think we should uh wrap this up. Alright. Uh thank you for listening to another episode of the Session of Basketball Podcast. Be sure to like, rate, and um comment. Uh it really does help us out on Apple Podcast. Be sure to leave a leave a five star review and also a comment. Um just letting us know, like keeping us posted with what you're thinking. Um, on top of that, we also have social media for you to follow. Um, follow the session ball on Instagram. Uh, again, that's the session ball on Instagram for you to follow. We're going to be posting a lot of content there as if we haven't already. And yeah. we're just going to continue. Yeah. So come over there to see that Vernon Maxwell uh, tweet oh, and video. So funny. So. This guy's hilarious. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah, uh just reiterating what Ben said, you know, we're we appreciate everyone who listens, but you know, we'll double appreciate if you leave that review and if you come over to our Instagram page so we can stay connected. Other than that, look out for next week's episode. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>